0: Hello, folks. This is Ray Renati with Green Room Radio. Thank you so very much for joining me today on this October 4th, 2018. Boy, do we have a show for you today. Let's get right to it. I recently had the opportunity to speak with Alex Bennett. If you're from the Bay Area and you're, oh what, I'd say over 40, you probably know who Alex Bennett is. Alex Bennett is a radio personality. That's how he likes to be referred to. And he was a huge huge influence here in Bay Area radio back in the 80s and 90s. I used to listen to him every day on KMEL and The Quake and then Live 105. He really helped a lot of comedians in the San Francisco Bay Area with their careers um, back in in that time. And, and in that time, if you were in the Bay Area, you, you know, if you remember... Or if you were at All Awake, comedy was huge. It was a huge art form here in the Bay Area. And we had all kinds of amazing comics, very talented comics here in the Bay Area. Whoopi Goldberg, Robin Williams, Bobby Slayton was here all the time. The list goes on and on. These people were on Alex's show, along with a bunch of other famous comedians every morning for many years on one of those three stations. And Alex had a huge following here. But his career is not limited to that. He started way back in the 50s or 60s and has worked at so many radio stations in New York, in Florida, um, all over the country. He Moved to a station in Miami, I believe, after he was on Live 105. And then he went to Sirius Radio. The myth is that Howard Stern used Alex's format to come up with his own sort of hybrid of what Alex did. Alex's, I would say, was was more thoughtful, more politically oriented. But Alex uh, had a sidekick named Lori Thompson here in the Bay Area. And they would uh, quit, quibble back and forth. And it was very entertaining and very funny. But Alex is, is extremely intelligent. And he's a, a very thoughtful, left-wing, uh, political person, definitely. He, he doesn't hide that. Uh, he's, he's very much... Uh, skewed towards the left in his outlook he's always been on the cutting edge of technology in, in in radio and the internet he's had a number of internet tv shows and radio shows in between jobs and most uh most significantly in in recent times he has started a a um, a website called Gabnet it's sort of his own radio station, gabnet.net. And there are a number of broadcasters that broadcast off of that website. And Alex has his own show from uh, 7 p.m. Pacific time until 9 p.m. Pacific time every Tuesday through Friday on YouTube. It's also on TuneIn Radio. And you can listen to it on gabnet.net as well. And it's called The Ramble. Alex does his own show for about a half an hour, either by himself or with his uh, very funny and talented wife, Marjorie, or uh, Larry Bubbles Brown, the comedian, along with uh, other people who regularly speak with Alex for about a half hour. Uh, Tuesday through Friday. And then, after the first 30 minutes, he invites people to come on through Skype in the Citizens Panel. And I am one of the regulars on the Citizens Panel. Basically, the Citizens Panel is made up of a bunch of middle-aged dudes and a couple of women. (laughs) And we talk about everything from politics to prostate problems. Yes, folks, it's it's a lot of fun. And people on YouTube comment as we're conversating. It's It stays on YouTube for the duration of the universe, and people watch after the show. And quite a few people watch and listen on TuneIn. It's a lot of fun. If you get a chance, you should uh, go to gabnet.net uh, from 7 p.m. Pacific time until 9 p.m. Pacific time. that's 10 p.m. if you're on the East Coast and uh, take a listen to Gabnet or hey, if you got Skype, dial in, get on the citizens panel. It's a lot of fun. Anyway, um, it's been great getting to know Alex. it's kind of it's kind of weird in that I, I was a fan for many years. Um, and now I, I guess I could say he's a friend. Yeah. I think I'd call him a friend. I'm going to go to New York and probably visit him and have some coffee. Hey, but we're all human. So, uh, it's just interesting where life takes you. But anyway, I really enjoyed speaking with Alex, um, I have uh, a ton of respect for him, his tenacity in the world of entertainment and radio especially, which is super cutthroat, his desire to continue to, to work and to produce uh, cutting-edge material, really, despite not, not really getting a lot of credit for it these days. He's, he's doing something that nobody else is doing with the citizens panel and I I think it's really cool so I hope you enjoy this conversation that I had with Alex in fact I know you will because it's incredible as Donald Trump would say it's it's the most tremendous conversation ever in the history almost of any conversations ever I promise you a lot of people don't know that but it's true all right enough Donald Trump Here's Alex Bennett and moi. You live in Harlem in a famous apartment, right?
1: Well, it's kind of famous, yeah, yeah, notoriously famous in the movies, you know. Which movie? Uh, New Jack City.
0: Ah, how'd you and find it's... that out?
1: Well, I mean, I found that out because every time I would pull up to the apartment and, uh, with a tag cap, uh, cab. Uh, they would uh, look and go, oh, the Carter, you know, and th- <laughs> the name of the place isn't the Carter. It's actually the Graham court, but they, they called it the Carter in uh, in new Jack city and they're, you know, guy getting shot to death in front of it. And then when they're planning what they're going to do with the place, uh, 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 what's his name? Wesley Snipes points to a, a diagram of the building and, and then says, This is where we're going to build the crack lab, and it's our kitchen. <laughs> so you know, that's pretty it, cool. It's notorious for that, but they, it shows up in a lot of other movies. It, most recently, it was very prominent in Mozart in the Jungle. It's the uh, apartment where she lives, apartment house where she lives with this big courtyard and so on. So
0: ah.
1: they were using it there, but they canceled that show, so they canceled our.
0: Is that the movie. Netflix show?
1: Is that yeah, a- that's the Netflix. Yeah. No, no, Amazon. Amazon, Amazon. okay.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, I never got a chance to see that. So, Alex, a lot of people listen to this show in the Bay Area, and you were out here for so many years as a mm-hmm. uh, radio personality. W- which stations were you on? Oh,
1: I, When I first came out, I was on KMEL. Mm-hmm. Then after about, uh, I think, two years of that, I went over to the Quake, yeah. because they offered me a ton of money and I have no loyalty <laughs> and uh, that lasted about another eh, I'd say two years before the the company just folded you know yeah and uh, live 105 picked me up or it was called kits at the time so mm-hmm.
0: and and you uh used to have comedians on your show all, all the time and you really helped the uh, careers a lot of these guys and gals I remember yeah, I, you
1: know but they helped me too I mean they gave me they gave me a show yeah. you know well, I mean it was it was a two way street on that
0: that's for sure yeah um I remember uh Buddy Love um you really you really uh I think you really helped to spike his popularity around here for quite a while I remember one time he was on your your show and uh I went to a club right after and it was totally packed um mm-hmm. And I, miss, well, I miss those times, actually.
1: That, that helped him. Uh, you know, I mean, I don't think I made his career because he had been a musician here in the Bay... Or here, I'm sorry, I'm here in New York. Yeah. In the Bay Area for a lot of years. Uh, he was known to basically the musical community as Bubba Lou Vickers. Ah. And uh, his real name is Bobby Vickers. And uh, he came up with this whole buddy love thing which i kind of i don't know i had a certain reticence about that because that's the name of the character in the in uh the nutty professor the alter ego of the Nutty professor and he shows up at the clubs as buddy love you know so when he took buddy love i went eh, i wish he could get something a little more original than that but you know we lived with it and it kind of be- he kind of became his own buddy love you know yeah.
0: i used to love it when you guys would sing uh when the shock bites on the radio, right. that was a lot of fun. <laughs> what were some of the Who were some of the comics that you had on your uh, your show when, when you were here?
1: Oh, gee, I, it, it's, uh, everyone, it's a name. everyone. Yeah, I mean, um, there there are comedians who did my show that I didn't even remember did my show till they reminded me of it. <laughs> like Louis Black said to me, "You know, I did your show several times in San Francisco." I said, "You did."
0: Yeah. <laughs> well sometimes it's, you had so many people in the room I remember you couldn't I couldn't figure out who was who. I just remember there were a lot of really funny things being said.
1: Yeah, sometimes we get a real gangbang going in there.
2: Yeah.
0: You know.
1: Yeah. To where I wondered if the audience could even keep up with it on the air because with television at least you can see who's talking. You know? Yeah. Here it's just it was like this uh after a while it became a comedy pate.
0: Yeah. <laughs> right. Those were some of the, the most fun times for me. I, I even mm-hmm. saw a picture. I think I saw a picture with Robin Williams and a few other pretty famous comics in your well, in your studio the there.
1: With, well, it wasn't in my studio. Oh. That was at the... Um, uh, I, uh, we did a thing for the Special Olympics, uh, a uh, uh, benefit. Mm-hmm. And it's a picture of me and uh, Dana Carvey... Kevin Pollack, Robin Williams, and Jerry Seinfeld.
0: Ah, that's what it is.
1: Yeah, and and, and Michael Pritchard, who is a local comedian. Uh and the and if you look at the photograph, the guy I'm looking at is Michael Pritchard. Now how's that for sucking up to the wrong guy?
0: Yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, who would have known? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I just um I was listening to the radio the other day and uh Will Durst and uh, Debbie were on with um, yeah. Maureen Langham on KGO. And yeah. I didn't even know it, but they host a comedy day out in Golden Gate Park every Oh, year. yeah, they've
1: been for years, yeah. Yeah, I'm going to yeah.
0: try to go this time.
1: Oh, I, that, that started way back when I was there. Yeah. Yeah. yeah.
0: Did you ever uh, have a chance to go to it? or?
1: I think I went to the first year, I think.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Yeah yeah so but,
1: uh, yeah
0: anyway anyway yeah so you've been um you've been on the radio for your your whole working life uh where did you start
1: at uh k t i m in San rafael
0: oh yeah. local
1: yeah, real local yeah uh so local that it was a daytime broadcast station, which meant they had to go off and the sun went down. <laughs>
0: Uh, I remember those.
1: <laughs> promulgating the the idea that maybe everybody that worked there was a vampire. I don't know if they have daylight uh, stations anymore. I
0: don't think so.
1: Daytimers, uh, because I think they converted them all to full timers, but gave them very low power at night or something like that. It was all the reason they had daytimers is that certain frequencies were protected because they they were clear channel stations that had. 50,000 watts and and were considered to be the ones that could go at least halfway across the country, if not all the way across the country with their 50,000 watts. But only at night could you hear them because of a thing we call sky wave. It's it, the atmosphere. Lowers and the signals can bounce off the atmosphere and then come down almost anywhere. I used to go to the top of Mount Tamalpais when I was starting out in the business. And just start what we call DXing radio stations across the country. And you could hear them, you know, all the way to New York sometimes.
0: Now, are those AM stations or FM?
1: Uh, They they were AMs. And and they were protected. So if you were on 1510 like KTIM, but there was a 1510 clear channel somewhere, you had to sign off at sunset so you didn't interrupt their signal. I see. Yeah.
0: I don't know if that exists anymore.
1: I I don't know. I haven't checked. Yeah. Um,
0: Yeah. I don't. I don't listen to a lot of AM radio anymore. So, I,
1: don't know. I we I always felt we were second class citizens. You know. AM. Yeah. I'm um, no. Oh. Daytimers. Oh, I see. Yeah. 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 We yeah. and and it changed throughout the year because we didn't have to go off till the, you know, the literally the legal sunset in the area. So that you know that could be as I think the latest we signed on during the year was like, eight forty five something like signed off yeah. eight forty five. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, so.
0: and then and then where did you go from there if you don't mind me asking
1: <laughs> where did i go from there i uh i went to where did i go from there god i'm t- a little tired i took a xanax last night to go to sleep so
0: my memory then failed. Well, i'm me. with you i couldn't sleep last night either so we're in the same boat yeah
1: well it was the anticipation of having to talk to me uh <laughs> no <laughs> no i uh uh I then went from uh, KTIM in San Rafael. Uh, well, actually, I started at KTIM in San Rafael because they did a high school radio program. My first professional job was in Reno, Nevada. And my father knew a guy that owned a radio station, and he gave me a job in Reno, Nevada. And the only problem was is that it worked out of a, uh, it worked out of a casino. And it was Harris club. And so every night I would have to go climb the stairs of the, of the, uh, of of the casino, go through the casino to get to the radio station, which was a booth that people could walk by, you know, I can see people doing radio. The only problem was I was under 21. Uh. And so they had to have literally armed guards lead me through the casino to take me to work. Uh, every night. And if I wanted to go to the bathroom, I had to call them and they would come and join me in the bathroom standing on either side of the latrine while they took a leak. Wow. Uh, yeah. That lasted a very short time.
0: I guess. So.
1: And I came back and I went to KTIM where I'd done these these high school shows. And I said, do you have any work here for me? And they hired me doing some part-time work throughout the uh, out the week. You know, my shifts changed constantly. But you know, I learned a lot about what I had to know about radio from that little radio station, because the guy who ran it was an old traditionalist in radio. And so he had all kinds of shows. You know, you would have the swap shop followed by an hour of music, followed by the man on the street, you know. And so occasionally I would have to do all these other shows, too. Uh, and, um, you know, uh, I, I, I learned my trade Doing all those kind of little odd jobs. You know, one day I'm doing the swap shop. I actually worked a show called The Portuguese Voice of Marin, in which a guy by the name of Agnel Clementino, God, how do I remember that name, used to have this uh, show every day completely in Portuguese, and I had to do the opening in Portuguese. So I had it written out phonetically, and it was, uh, you know, Boatard Agnel. <laughs> you know, and he would then start going and you know, wow. blasting away uh, in Portuguese, which I didn't understand. The only thing I understood was he had a he smoked a lot, so he would have to cough a lot. Uh. So whenever he had coffee, would hold up one finger or two fingers. I can't remember. Maybe it was five fingers, but it was a f- bunch of fingers. And then you would cut his mic while he hacked away, and then turn his mic back on. And there was this one guy, Wayne, what was his name? I can't remember his last name, who hated him. So sometimes he would like, uh, he would see the the fingers go up, so he would turn his back to him. And Agnell would look over and see that he couldn't see his fingers. And then he'd start turning bright red, trying to keep from coughing. And all the time, Wayne had already, using the pot, but not the switch to turn the on and off light on, would turn down the pot so he could cough, but uh, he didn't know that. And he loved doing that tag now.
0: <laughs> oh, God, I love stories like that. A
1: guy named Ollie Freeman, who did the Gospel Train show, uh, which was a bunch of gospel music. And then he also did some, some stuff with uh, what was then, I guess you could call it Rhythm and Blues in those days. Yeah, uh, you know, so there were all these shows. Every hour it was a different show. Yeah. You know, so for the hour I would have to be doing something different.
0: Yeah. So that was great training. Yeah. What year was it,
1: this? This was, oh boy, 50s.
0: 1958, maybe? Yeah.
1: That I worked there. I was doing the shows in, you know, in the mid 50s uh, for the high school.
2: Yeah. Uh,
1: but yeah, it was about 58, 59, something like 59, oh, I okay. think. Maybe 60. So. Maybe it was in 80. I can't remember. I'm an old man.
0: <laughs> Speaking of what you're you're going to be. Uh, do you want to talk about you have a gig coming up on Sunday, right? Yeah, I know you're a little nervous about it. We don't have to I'm talk.
1: About ner- I'm not nervous about it. I'm I'm concerned about it. Yeah. You know, mm-hmm. uh, there were a lot of different, you know, it's uh, it's on uh, it's on about 50 stations across the country. And, uh, it's, it's, it's not like it's a big show. The guy, it's a show guy does for two hours every three hours every week on Sunday. Yeah. And, uh, it's run on Westwood one. So it's playing in a lot of good markets. I'm on in Chicago. I'm on in Philadelphia. I'm on, uh, I don't think I'm in New York actually. Uh, you know, I'm on in Portland, San Francisco, uh, yeah. even Guam. Uh, but, um, he asked me to do it, and uh, he's the kind of guy I just can't refuse.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Uh, and so I said I'd do it, you know. And it's it's just that he like he does his show out of a laundry his laundry room in his house in Cleveland. And I'm thinking to myself, gee, that's no way to do a radio program. Mm-hmm. You know, you go into a studio and there's your engineer and there's your screener and
2: yeah. you know,
1: there's there's coffee down the down the uh, hall. There's a bathroom. And here, uh, the bathroom, he warned me first of all see, there's a uh, uh, there's a radio announcer's nightmare that we get. Um, every guy who's ever been on radio, uh, I, I mention this to them and they go, yeah, the, they, they, we call it the nightmare. And you get it where you're sleeping and you're dreaming. And it's the equivalent of like if you had, most people have dreams where they figure they have to get somewhere, but they can't quite get there. Right. Right. The disc jockey dream is you go to the bathroom and then you either can't find your way back or when you get back to it, the door is locked. (laughs) That's that's the the radio. And so uh, Walter said, you remember that nightmare? He said, yeah, well, you might face it at CBS because the bathroom, it's not far, but it's through this maze of of uh, of studios. And so you might not be able to find the studio again.
0: <laughs> so you have I'm, you had that nightmare where you're walking through endless studios well, and can't find your I'm own?
1: i about that. <laughs> All of a sudden, that's the thing I'm worried about. Will I be? Because I'm at, in three hours, I'm an old man. I've got to go to the bathroom at least once.
0: Every, almost anyone would. You know. Yeah. So
1: I'm going to make sure it's on a long break.
0: Maybe you yeah. can tape it off, you know, like the yellow thinking- brick road.
1: I was thinking of buying a cookie before I went and dr- putting the crumbs down like, like uh, you know, Hansel and Gretel or whoever they
2: were.
0: Yeah, <laughs> yeah that'll work. That'll work. Yeah, you but, wonder but, how he does it in his laundry room. The acoustics must be horrible. Maybe he has some padding up on the wall or well,
1: something. I, I, it goes against my comfort level because they put you in this dingy little room at CBS. Yeah, now, I can't imagine any room in CBS being dingy. I mean, they're they're money making company, right? Yeah. But who knows anyway he says uh and and you get the microphone there and then in your earphones you've got philadelphia your engineer is in philadelphia and, and not only is uh, she in philadelphia but your screeners in philadelphia and you have a thing on a screen on your computer that will tell you where what phones are available but uh you don't get to press them. In other words, it should be made so that you can just click on the thing and it'll automatically answer it down in Philadelphia. But so I'm really working in a vacuum.
0: Mm-hmm. You know. And it's up and, to them who goes online when, not you.
1: Right. Yeah. Well, no. I mean, I oh. can say I can look at the list and go, and I see Ray's there or something, and I go, I know him. I go, you know, line two. You know, let's go to line two.
0: Oh, okay.
1: Yeah, I guess, but I I'm used to working with people around me so that I can play off of them, and um, I mean the reason I have the citizen panel so I can play off of people. Yes,
2: uh,
1: and, um, and so it's gonna. So I have I have trepidation about it. I don't have any fear about it. Yeah. I mean I'm an old pro. You yes know you I are. can do I can do it. Uh, it's just a question: Do I want to do it? You know, do I want to do Four, three hours of, you know, being in a deprivation tank.
0: Oh, I get you. Yeah. Yeah. Um, do you want to talk about GabNet a little bit and your, your citizens panel and what GabNet's all about? Yeah. <laughs> it's your chance to promote it to my thousands and thousands of listeners.
1: Well, I mean, <laughs> uh, you probably told them already.
0: <laughs> no, I, I haven't yet. I will in the intro, but...
1: Uh, 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 GabNet. You find out about it. Go to gabnet.net. That's yeah. all you need. It. Yeah, yeah. We came up with a thing called the citizen panel, in which we can get go upwards to nine people uh, talking at the same time, but well, not at the same time, but individually uh, and discussing all manner of things. Yeah, yeah. So it's you know, it's the only new format and talk in what 50 years, something like that.
0: Yeah, I, that's one of the things I've always really uh, admired about your work is you enjoy coming up with new ways of doing things uh before the rest of the world figures out you can do it and then everyone else makes money on it later on and you had done it 10 years before
1: if you (laughs) if you do the same thing over and over again that can get pretty boring yeah so i don't know how some of these people spend their entire career doing the same thing over and over again and so i try to put a new spin on everything that i do so that at least it stays interesting for me Mm Mm-hmm. You know, so, but I think I've run out of ideas. I yeah. think I'm at the age where where innovation, uh, the system panel is probably my last great innovation.
0: Yeah, well, I think, it's, and the industry, yeah. I love it. I what? mean, um, just for those of you who don't know, it's a, it's a Skype call, and Alex does a half hour of his own show, and then we come on, and any one of you can call through Skype or there's even a phone number, and be on the yeah. panel, and we have a conversation about everything. We talk about yeah. politics. We talk about our medical okay. conditions.
1: <laughs> that's, my, that's my wife calling. Oh. I'll let her uh, try to. I have this new iPhone, this uh, iPhone X. And when you look at it, it doesn't answer the phone, but it turns the, the ringer off. Oh. So I can just look at it and turn the ringer oh my God. off. Oh, i got to get that. I have okay.
0: an iPhone 7C. It doesn't do that.
1: Oops. I just dropped there, my glasses.
0: I dropped my glasses
1: and the lens fell out.
0: <laughs> oh God, I hate that.
1: I hate that. It you know these store bought glasses where the, when the lenses fall out they fall out. Yeah, yeah. And then you can't you can't figure out how to get them in, and eventually you hear that click and you're happy. So I know. there we yeah
0: anyway. Well, it sounds like it. you're good at it. Um. Yeah. So I, I I know you're you have uh, a little bit of a time issue here, so I want to respect okay. that is there anything else we could talk about um
1: what do you want to talk about
0: well i you know i um
1: because i'm i'm very bad at being interviewed because i do spend my entire life interviewing
0: i know and you're a and, lot and better hard at to
1: be the, it's hard to be on the receiving end without starting to interview the interviewer <laughs> you know
0: right right um do you still, uh, Lori Thompson was sort of your uh, sidekick there for a long time. you still talk to Lori at all?
1: Occasion I've talked to her. I don't think, the, I haven't talked to her in the last couple of years, maybe. But, you know, I, I, every now and then we, we bump into each other. Or we knock heads. Yeah. Yeah.
0: She was yeah. on Cameo uh, and uh, she, she kind of followed you on all the stations in the wasn't,
2: bay,
1: Area, right? She wasn't on Cameo. Oh. She wasn't even the quake
0: oh she wasn't that, okay
1: that was that was joe regelski ah
0: regelski right yes yeah
2: okay and
1: then when i uh when i left the quake under a lot of legal uh, stuff um uh i couldn't take him with me because he was still under contract to the radio station so i got to the new radio station and they had a morning show and Lori Thompson was the newswoman, and they said, uh, you know, we can get you whatever newsperson you want, but we'd appreciate it if you maybe gave her a try. And I said, absolutely. And I didn't want to put anybody out of a out of a job, you know, just because I was coming to the station. Yeah. So it was really, it was really, uh, she, it was fortuitous because she was uh, very good uh, as a as a sidekick, as it were.
0: Yeah. yeah, yeah. I didn't know what better word to use other than sidekick, but I thought that you two had a good, um, a good sound, a good chemistry on I air mean, I that really
1: worked. I knew woman, but you know, I don't want to diminish it that much. She was a sidekick. She, she added a element to the show.
0: Yeah. Yes. That female touch and sort of, but she was also very, uh, she had a, a lot of, um, smarminess about her, which I found, yeah. I found, yeah. I yeah, found no, fun. It was and very I, good. Hmm. She
1: was very good.
0: She was very good, very good, and yeah. I remember one time I went I think it was the punchline. You used to have these live shows in the morning, yeah, I remember breakfast. once I got up at four thirty in the morning to get there, I think, and it was packed and it was that was a blast. yeah, no, those were great shows yeah those were true you'd have you'd have a couple of comedians up there on a panel with you, and you'd do the show yeah. yep. for an audience mm-hmm. big audience. Yeah,
1: well, those were fun. Yeah. Those were great. Yeah. Yeah. You know, the comics, we get up and do a little bit of their act and yeah. stuff like that. Yeah. yeah. Made it special.
0: I miss those days. We just don't have stuff like that in the Bay Area anymore.
1: I don't think you're ever going to. Yeah. You know, I mean, what I did, you know, people say to me, oh, come back to San Francisco, do it again, do it again. And I, I go, there's no doing it again today. You know, what was... What was wonderful back then is it was a product of its time. It was a product of what radio was at the moment. But to go back and do it today, uh, we really couldn't do it for any number of reasons. Number one, I couldn't have a live studio audience because security is so tight in these radio stations. They'd have to check everybody's ID. Here we just let people come in in the morning and sit down, you know, and enjoy the show. Uh, so that's just for starters, you know, uh, but also it's just, uh, hey, well, to begin with, they wouldn't hire me because of my age.
0: (laughs) Yeah. Which I find ridiculous, especially in radio, since it's just your voice and you sound exactly like you always have. So that blows my mind, but I understand that that's the reality. Well, I
1: mean, if I ask people, you know, to just tell me how old they thought I was, which I'm going to do on Sunday. Well I'm not gonna ask them to do that because they'll look it up on Wikipedia. Uh, <laughs> but I will tell them at the end of the show how old I am. But if you if, if you were to ask if I were to ask uh, people how old am I? Uh I I people tell me I still have kind of the voice I had back when I was in San Francisco.
0: You do. Yeah. You know, I can tell and, you that for sure.
1: Yeah. And and so to try and peg my age by my voice is not very easy.
0: No, yeah. it isn't. Yeah. I, 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 I think you're just on, as on top of it as you were yourself. But that doesn't
1: matter. You know, if I walk into a radio station and I say, hey, I'm Alex Bennett, and they go, oh, yeah, we know you, Alex. Uh, hire me. Uh, they're going to go, oh, well, you know, uh, we, you, you're a real pro. Maybe we've got some openings for part time stuff. They, you know, as soon as they see me, they go, oh, he's an old man, you know, and they and that bad there's all automatic prejudice where that's concerned. It's one of the things I'm going to talk about on Sunday. Yeah, uh, is is that uh, getting old? As uh, Betty Davis said, ain't for sissies.
0: That's for damn sure. Yeah. Well, I'm really glad you're going to talk about that. Yeah. And I'm looking yeah. forward to it. And I, you know, I'm a lot younger than you, but. Uh, I'm not young anymore, and I'm facing it. Yeah. And uh, I could only imagine 20 years from now how how it's going to be.
1: Well, people face it today. Women face it younger than men. Women start facing it at 35, okay? Crazy. Men, about 45, 50, you know, and I I lasted well into my 70s before I lost my job, which I think had to do a lot with, with ageism. Yeah. yeah, I know it had to do with ageism because they made me sign a thing saying I wouldn't sue them for ageism. Uh, <laughs>
0: Proof is in the pudding.
1: They <laughs> wouldn't get my, uh, what do you call it, uh, 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 when they pay you off for the time you've been there. Oh, uh, uh,
0: no, I forget you, the term. You know what yeah. I'm about. Severance. Yeah. severance.
1: Severance. Yeah, they wouldn't pay me my severance unless I signed that. And I looked at him and I said, you know this is an ageism. Uh, thing you're doing to me because you wouldn't be having a 35 year old sign this right you
0: know? yeah and they
1: right. went, well we Yeah, you
0: so. called them on their bullshit anyway
1: yeah. Yeah. this has been wonderful uh, Ray so. I've enjoyed always enjoy talking to you on the show and I enjoy talking to you here
0: same with me Alex this has been a lot of fun
1: you're an interesting and talented person
0: well thank you very much Well, that that was a lot of fun talking with Alex, one of my, dare I say mentors, mentors. Yes, I will say that. Alex doesn't like it when I say this, but he actually really affected my desire to stay in the entertainment world. He absolutely did. Um, And the biggest the biggest contribution he made in my life was that he was always honest on the radio. You always knew what Alex was going through. He was a real person, and I really loved that. And it made me uh, realize how powerful radio can be, broadcast can be, television can be, when a person is the person they are, uh... Uh, on on the medium that they've chosen. For me, it draws me in. And I think it's the, the thing that draws people in when they're watching a play or a movie, even if somebody's playing a character. And you might not even notice it as an audience member, but if you can relate to that person in a, such a way that a part of you resonates with whatever they're putting out because it's real and it's grounded and it's not... It's not fake. There's no wall. It's so much more powerful. And Alex has always done that. I think you probably could have heard that in this interview. Alex is just Alex. And he's an endlessly interesting person. And I'm privileged to know him and to call him a friend. Anyway, thank you so much for listening to my green room. You can send me an email anytime at raysgreenroom at gmail.com. That's raysgreenroom at gmail.com. R A Y S greenroom at gmail.com. Give me a shout, give me a holler, give me some feedback. Let me know if you'd like to be a guest on the show. Let me know anything about anything I've said or uh, send me money. <laughs> If you if you have any friends, send them uh, to this podcast. Tell them to take a listen, because a lot of people are listening. Billions and billions of people are listening to this show. Thanks, everyone. Have a great week. And until next time, I will see you on the boards. Good night, everybody.
2: there